Hello, and welcome to this week's sermon podcast from St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School in Bourbonnais, Illinois. This is a sermon for October 13th, 2019, the 18th Sunday after Pentecost. The sermon is entitled, Rooted, and is based on the Gospel of Luke, chapter 17, verses 15 through 16. It was preached by Pastor Carl Copen. Grace and mercy and peace be yours this day in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The text for the message comes from the Gospel reading from Luke 17, we pray. O Lord, bless us with your presence and help us so that you are indeed at the center of our lives. Help us to be rooted in you, O Lord, and may the words of my mouth, may the meditations of our hearts together be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our Maker and our Redeemer. Amen. Came across this story. Let me tell you a story about a man by the name of Frank Selak, a Croatian music teacher. He began his uh, lucky or unlucky streak, uh, depending on how you want to look at it, in 1962 on a train going from Sarajevo to Dubrovnik. At that time, the train inexplicably jumped the tracks and fell into an icy river, killing 17 people. Frank managed to swim to shore uh, to live. A year later, he was traveling on a plane, and the door flew off the plane, and Frank was sucked out of the plane, and he woke up in a hospital. He had landed in a haystack. In 1966, Frank was on a bus. That bus went off on the road into a river. Four people were killed, and he suffered only minor injuries. In 1970, his car caught on fire. He stopped out and got out just before the whole car blew up. Uh, Three years later, in 1973, he was driving another car when a faulty fuel line was spraying uh, uh, gas all over the engine and flames blew in through the air vents and his only injury was the loss of most of his hair. In 1995, he was hit by a bus and sustained only minor injuries. In 1996, he was driving on a mountain road and when he went around a bend, there was a a UN UN truck coming right at him and he swerved and his car uh, went through a guardrail and he jumped out at the last minute and watched that car explode 100 meters below. In 2003, at the age of 74, for the first time in 40 years, he bought a lottery ticket. He ended up winning a million (laughs) dollars. He had that much-needed hip replacement, bought a big house with everything that a million dollars could buy in Croatia. But in the end, he gave it all away and went back to living in that small village and the simple lifestyle that he'd been accustomed to. Frank Selak had been dubbed the most, the luckiest man alive. Another lesson I learned from the story is just don't get in any bus, train, plane, or car with Frank Selak. <laughs> he's also the unluckiest man alive. Luck. Luck is something that is hard to define and it's elusive, isn't it? Uh, sometimes it brings good fortune, sometimes it doesn't. I mean, have you ever had something happen when you closely uh, escaped harm? Either you were uh, almost run down crossing the street or uh, almost hit by someone running the red light? Maybe in that moment you uh, exclaimed, wow, that was a lucky break or lucky escape. Or perhaps you made that comment about someone's bad luck uh, when one thing after another goes wrong. 
Other people, however, don't believe in luck. Often they live with that attitude of uh, that, you, that you get what you deserve, right? I mean, they see everything that happens either as a reward or as a punishment for the amount of effort that we put into it. You, you, you work hard, you invest a lot of time and energy into something, and you're going to get wet back what you put into it. You know, there are a lot of people who think that Christianity works that way too. I mean, you know what I mean, that if you do those good things, that if you don't annoy people and live respectable lives, that you pray when you need help, and uh, you believe that there's someone up there somewhere, and maybe have your kids baptized, that you're going to live a, a happy, comfortable, and easy life. Well, with that kind of philosophy, the reverse is also true, right? Those who do evil, those who live immoral lives, can't expect to always be happy and prosperous. After all, you get what you deserve. Well, that philosophy is all well and good until it runs right into reality, right? When we face those tough moments, when we see good people suffer. Or maybe that that slacker who uh, wins a lot of money. But, you know, it's interesting, if you notice in this whole conversation so far, I really haven't mentioned God in any way. That's the belief that, that's because the belief that we get what we deserve and that good and bad are a result of luck or coincidence really have nothing to do with God. In that worldview, there is no room for God. A God who gives generously, excessively, even though we don't deserve such abundance. The God of the Bible doesn't just give to good people or to people who in some way deserve to be treated better. He is gracious, he is generous to everyone, whether they realize it or not. And we heard that in our reading today, and, and, and we usually hear this part of chapter 17 in Luke's Gospel in about a month and a half. We hear it when we gather for our Thanksgiving Eve, Thanksgiving Day services usually. Uh, We heard today, one of them, when he saw he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. You see, that biblical concept of our Heavenly Father giving us everything that we need is absent from the thinking of many people today. Uh, There's no thought given to what the Bible says about God Uh, being the supplier of our daily bread, the the giver of our abilities, or the provider of everything we need to live happy and peaceful lives. For many people, God just doesn't figure in at all, right? How we're able to live so well each and every day. Instead of looking to him, they would rather say things like, well, I get it because I deserve it. Or I'm well-to-do because I've earned it. Or I get what I need because I put in the hard hours working for it. But the Bible looks at things in a different way. It sees God right in the middle, right? Right in the center of everything that is happening. Uh, That, uh, as our mission statement says, that we're rooted in him. It is stated over and over again uh, that that God put me in in scriptures, that God put me together in my mother's womb, that he has given me my brain and my skills and made me who I am that God is leading me, that God is protecting me, that God is supplying my daily food, that he heals me, that he guides the rulers, that he's helping his people, that he sends the rain and and, and provides the harvest. In fact, everything is seen is coming from the generous hand of God. We can dust off our catechisms a little bit. And the meaning of the first article, the Apostles' Creed, that, that first part where we confess 
I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. Luther asked that question, right? What does this mean? And we say, I believe that God has made me in all creatures, that he has given me my body, soul, eyes, ears, and all my members, my reason, and all my senses, and he still takes care of that. He also gives me clothing and shoes, food and drink, house and home, a wife, a spouse, and children, land, animals, and all that I have. He richly and daily provides me with all that I need to support this body and life. Not only that, he defends me against all danger. He guards and protects me from all evil. All this he does only out of fatherly divine goodness and mercy, without any merit or worthiness in me. For all this, it is my duty to thank and praise, serve and obey him. This is most certainly true. God gives generously. But God doesn't give because people have deserved it. In fact, we see so often that he gives even when people are downright awful. I mean, look how he provided daily food and, and, and water and, and such to the whining and faithless children of Israel while they were traveling through the wilderness to the promised land. The Bible says that we ought to recognize God's loving hand even even when things aren't going well for us, even though we can't see it all the time, we need to be assured that God is not handing out what we deserve because we can take it. Somehow God will use uh, this present trial that we may be facing to bring us blessing. And meanwhile, in the midst of our suffering, we know that God is nearby, that God is there, that he's ready to help, that he's there to support us until we come through this struggle on the other side. I don't know if you know it, but uh, I think we've mentioned it a few times, but this year we celebrate St. Paul's Lutheran Church has been in existence and been a presence in Kankakee County for 160 years, uh, uh, 1859. And, and, and we also celebrate that St. Paul's Lutheran School has been touching the lives of children for 155 years, began in 1864. You know, when we think about that, you could almost get a little arrogant, right? I mean, we could pat ourselves on the back and congratulate ourselves uh, for our, our sharing of God's word and maintaining that loving presence in our community. Now, if you've ever read the history book that we put together for our 150th anniversary, you remember that, yeah, we had some great successes, but we've also struggled. We've also worried. We've also despaired over the trials in our country, in our community, in our church. We can only say that in the end, in spite of the failings of, of pastors, of teachers and church workers and leaders of St. Paul's, in spite of the failings of God's people at St. Paul's, that God is at the center, that we're rooted in him, that, that he is a part of our journey as we travel as his people. You know, God's provided the people, the resources, and the help. He's showered us with strength and blessing and forgiveness. God has been the source of, of wisdom and faith and commitment and in the right timing. God's faithful people have realized this, and we gather week after week to thank God for his leading. In the gospel reading, we heard that story of the ten lepers. They call out to Jesus for help. They were healed. One returns. Only one. Only one sees that God is somehow involved in this restoration to health 
and only one returns to say thank you. Jesus makes that point where there were ten men who were healed. He says, where are the other nine? Then he commends the one who came back and say, uh, to say thanks. Because in expressing that gratitude, that one is, is recognizing that not only that he was healed, but also who it was that healed him. This ex-leper didn't know at all how it happened. <laughs> but he realized that it wasn't good luck. And that it certainly wasn't what he deserved. But he knew that somehow God had done something marvelous. He put God at the center of his thinking. He realized how he was rooted in the life and the work and ministry of Jesus. We put God in the center of our lives when, when we say at the end of an hectic week saying, thank you God for helping me through this past week. We, we, when we say grace after a meal, we, we put God back at the center when we say, thank you God for this food. When we put God at the center, when we say, thank you, God, for the people in my life, the ones who love me and care for me, uh, my family, my friends, my church family. When our good health is restored, we put God at the center when we thank him for his healing and presence. When the path is tough, when the path of life is tough, when it's tough going, when we don't know where it's going to lead us, we put God at the center when we look at the cross and we're reminded of his love for us and and we place our future in his hands. When we're weighed down with the fear uh, that the trouble and sickness and death may bring, we put God at the center because he is the one who gives us hope for that future when we thank God for his love. In a way, we can say that we see the things, the events, the people in our lives in a different way than the rest of the world. We see that God is active in our lives, in times of joy, in times of sadness. I mean, when you really think about it, God has been exceedingly generous to us. Generous for no other reason than his love for us and to support and promote his work. It could be a, an appeal through Lutheran Church charities or the offering plate to support uh, missionary work uh, here and overseas. It could be the, the, for the training of the church, uh, workers of the church, uh, uh, for the work of this congregation. God has made us rich so that we can richly bless others. If for you things operate on a you-get-what-you-deserve principle, then you have no need to say thank you for anything. If everything is pure luck and you're ready to deal with whatever luck brings, there's no need to say thank you except maybe thank my lucky stars. <laughs> However, if you see God at the center of things, if you see God generously pouring out his blessings, sometimes in ways that are easy to see, sometimes in ways that are difficult to see, then join with that leper who saw himself as totally unworthy of receiving anything from Jesus at all and yet receiving so much. What did he do? He fell at Jesus' feet. He thanked him for this new beginning. He thanked him for this restoration of, of his life. But this was more than just a healing of a man's body because Jesus said, rise and go, your faith has made you well. 
This one leper saw the deep love of Jesus, a love that would lead him into the, the love that would lead Jesus to the cross. A leper saw in Jesus the love that saves. This encounter with the love of God meant that this leper would never be the same. He truly was the luckiest man alive, if you believe in that. With faith in Jesus and trust in his love for us, and with Jesus at that center of our lives, that you and I, uh, that, that we are rooted in him, we're really not the luckiest, are we? But the most blessed people on this side of eternity. How blessed are we that we are rooted in Christ. This is most certainly true. Amen. Please stand. And now may the peace of God that transcends all understanding guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon from St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School in Bourbonnais, Illinois. You can find this and other podcasts by going to stpaulslutheran.net and choosing an option at the top of the page. Thank you for listening and God's blessings.